Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. This is episode 42, Many of the Truths That We Cling To Depend on Our Point of View. Tonight, we're going to be discussing scenarios and the list-building aspects that go along with them. So I have probably, I don't know, like 20 different lists that we can go through. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to break down a little bit about each of the different scenarios talks about pros and cons of the different scenarios um, in terms of how you can win them. And then we're going to talk a little bit about list building and how it affects each of the different style of objective play. Joining me tonight will be my good friend from Bruce Squadron, Corey. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, wonderful to have other people on the show. We don't get guests on all the time. Um, Joining me in the corner where he will say nothing but just have an image is Mr. JJ. Uh, JJ had to uh, run out of state. Uh, so I thought we put his lovely uh, face on there, but I don't have a picture of Charles still out there. So I can't put the other picture of Charles. Charles is unfortunately unable to make it tonight either. So it'll be Corey and I browning the helm tonight. So thank you again, Corey, uh, for stepping in and joining me. Hopefully your weekend was filled with joy and maybe a little bit of X-Wing play. I wish. I wish. So yeah. good good on the joy part, not uh, low on the X-Wing. So, Yeah, I had a lot less X-Wing time this weekend than I did during the week. So I've been able to get, I think I've gotten between our local league and my online games, I think I've gotten about five or six uh, objective games in. Um, and I, I feel that's pretty good for a week. Um you get no hat, JJ. I you weren't wearing it when I took that picture on purpose. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, so I I feel I'm getting a little bit more of a feel for the scenarios, and I, I'm moving into um, maybe some of the faster play than uh, we've seen before. Now, if you've listened to Gold Squadron, they kind of broke down a little bit. Uh, Ryan kind of talked a little bit of actually why. Um, he feels some of these scenario plays feel like they're faster, but they're not quite as fast as maybe we're used to, right? And 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 I think that's really interesting, and we're going to go over those uh, here in a few minutes. Um, just to make sure we go ahead and represent the squad, Corey and I are from Brew Squadron, so if you're local to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you want to join our local prey group, play, our prey group, yep, that we pray <laughs> about X-Wing every week, um, not really, but... Um, if you want to join our local group, uh, we play every Monday night um, on the west side of the state at Gamers Wharf in Granville. So you're all welcome to join us for that as well. I will say there's lots of different mix of uh, skill levels, which is one thing that's been really nice. We've got some really highly competitive players, but <coughs> we also have some uh, some people. This is their first, you know, they, they just started playing recently. So it's kind of nice to have that uh, mix for different people. Yep, and I will say for our first 2.5 um, actual league night, which we're not really doing a league, I guess I call it league because it lets me get away with more with the wife, but um, <laughs> but we um, we actually had a, almost a record turnout, I think, since 2.0 started. So we'll just say kudos to AMG for getting everybody interested. Um, so hopefully that's that's what a lot of it was. But we had, I don't know, we had at least three new players that I've never personally seen before show up. Um, and now I have to bring my, I have to bring my third bat to make sure we have enough bats now. Yeah. Um, that's how many people we had there this week. So it was awesome. It's fun. 
getting together in person is a lot more fun than playing online. Um, even though I do enjoy all your smiling faces. So <laughs> not JJ's. JJ's not smiling, right? JJ, no smile for you today. Yeah, I don't see a smile on his face. I know. It's it's probably because I got re- uh, he wasn't wearing his giant hat, I think, when we recorded last week. Um so either which way. So Corey, what I want to do to begin with is you could tell everybody a little bit about yourself um, just in case anybody wants to know who you are. Um, But what I want to get into right away is talking about the different types of scenarios, right? Um, And I I want to talk about the new objectives and the the different styles format. And what I want you to do is kind of introduce yourself a little bit and then um, kind of give your overall thoughts on scenario play and kind of some of the directions that we're that, that, that they're heading um, in X-Wing. Sure. Um, so I've been playing since uh, 1.0 uh, back in the day when the, uh, I think I started around when the Hawk came out. So um, a lot of years uh, playing X-Wing um, and uh, been doing competitive X-Wing quite a bit. I think in the first year even I started playing, I, I was doing competitive. So um, definitely think that way. Um, and I'd say me personally, uh, I think I enjoy list building uh, and planning as well as I do actually playing the game. So um, definitely one of my, uh, I feel like is one of my strong suits, but it's definitely one of the things that at least I enjoy the most uh, or enjoy a lot. So um, so with all these changes, you know, it's been uh, just fantastic for me um, being able to jump in and, and like recreate things, rethink about, you know, what I'm doing for lists. Um, and so the objectives have certainly added, uh, a nice wrinkle to that. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of changed how I go about, um, building my lists in that I'm typically, you know, four is kind of my minimum ship count right now, but I'm typically looking at a five ship list. Um, and most of the time trying to figure out how do I get extra actions or how do I get protection when I'm taking, you know, an action that, uh, is more objective focused or something like that. So. Um, those are the kind of the key things I'm looking at. And I've also started to look at really valuing, uh, mobility as well as action, extra actions, um, as being two key things that I've started to think about in my list building, as opposed to just pure alpha strike or pure beef or whatever. So, um, that's kind of where I'm, uh, where I jump in. So. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And I, I think that's one of the, you know, as we talk through these objectives. So th- this is the new rules. These are the, where they're going to go. I will say one of the positive things that I've noticed from F or from AMG is that they've been jumping in a few of the streams mm-hmm. um, where we have not seen that out of them or even FFG in the past, but correct. Um, I think on a positive side, right. It means they're paying attention. Um, I really don't care for their PR approach in any way, shape or form. I don't think that they, I don't understand. I, I don't agree with their approach and how they handle those things. But I will say at minimum, we're getting them in the streams. They are, I mean, they've been in the Hexile chat at least once or twice now that I've seen. They've been on the GSP streams I've definitely seen. Um, maybe someday they'll show up on our streams. <clears throat> but, um, you know, like, so, so on a positive side, it's, it's been nice to see that there's an engagement and that they they seem to want to care about these changes that they've made. Um, because if they, if they, let's be honest, if they didn't care, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be jumping in at all. They would. They just keep moving on with their life. Um, and I don't know if you feel the same way, Corey, but that's kind of the attitude I feel I've gotten out of um, when they've jumped into the streams more often than not. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I've definitely taken it as a, as a very positive note um, with them jumping in and actually taking part. It is pretty interesting with the whole licensing thing that, that they are, I guess, acknowledging that, that online streaming does exist, you know, uh, in a, on a digital side of things. So that's kind of an interesting turn. I always wondered if, if FFG wasn't because they weren't supposed to acknowledge that it exists. Um, so with AMG jumping in, uh, it's it's kind of interesting that that's of that route, you know, that side of things. So yeah, um, and I, I will say it's not like they stay and hang out for the whole two, three, mm -hmm. four hours. But I mean, right. the the appearances that I mean, they've helped make a few rule corrections um, that we've seen, and you know, so those are always nice um, to have. And I will say they, even though they were doing a Legion stream last week, they answered all the X-Wing questions. So either the X-Wing community is that much more loud than Legion community is, um, or they're actually going out of their way to take the time to address some of the concerns that we'll just say as a community, we've expressed with the, um, the not acknowledging us, not giving us communication until recently. Sure. Um, so it feels like there's there, there's more of a, a change there. Um, so real quick, uh, JJ yeah. just posted something about my. Uh, I think it was towards me about converting my list or starting fresh. So just jumping back there, um, I typically just erased everything, but picked a couple pilots that I like to start with, and then built my list kind of fresh, but with those new pilots in mind, uh, just to answer that question. So. Like for resistance, I love uh, Snap, uh, Wexley. Um, I like uh, ZZ. Uh, those are two of my favorite ships. Um, and so generally those two are in most of my lists because they do the things I want um, for the objectives I'm looking at, as well as they're just really fun to fly. So um, that's usually where I start with is picking a couple pilots that, that mean something to me. Because I also have a hint of uh, theme and kind of who am I flying? I, I can't put all ships on the board that uh, I don't care about. Um, usually, my rule is if I like the ship or like the pilot, then I'm okay with putting it on the board. So, at least most of them. So, sorry yeah. to cut you off. No, no, that's great. No, and I think that's a good question, JJ. Because I will be honest, I was the exact opposite. I mean, I did. A little bit of the same thing where I took a if again if I'm going to play separatists I typically take Grievous or Watt, um, and I've been a more on a Watt kick than anything else. And when I was trying to build out separatists, that was one of the larger you know caveats. And I think that that's why I wanted to have this discussion, especially with somebody else, because as we go through and start list building and looking at objectives, right? Everybody's building these six, seven, eight ship lists all the time, and I don't it. it feels like that's the only way to win but i lost on stream <coughs> to greg um i don't know if greg's here tonight but i lost to greg on stream and he had a three ship list you know and we didn't play chance encounter so it was on a chance encounter list <laughs> so um you know but but again it, i i think that's like one of the more important things i did the exact opposite of Corey. i tried to take my list and make them work and when they stopped working for me i got frustrated and decided to start picking something new um which has forced me to play a different style than I've played before. Um, everyone loses to Greg. Fair enough. I, hey, I'm happy to lose to Greg anytime, especially because I get to go on his stream and then he gets to make fun of me on stream while I lose <laughs> somebody else. Um, but but I think it, it, it's pushed me into a different direction of how do I want to list build. 
All right, so let's dig into the scenario. So what we're going to do is we're going to take each scenario. I'm not going to read all of the text. I don't feel at this point we need to unless Corey feels we need to read all the text. Oh. Um, I think we're pretty good at this point with that. Um, but what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about each of the different styles of play and then kind of get into some of the like, like I said, some of the pros and cons of how these scenarios are going to interact, what some of the win conditions will be, and where we feel maybe some of the lists will shake out, if that's fair. Mm -hmm. All right. Scramble the transmission is the first objective or mission. I, I don't know what, do we call these missions or do we call them objectives? Is that like, what is the terminology AMG is using? Is that scenarios? Is... All right. So we call it a scenario. So every mission time objective. I say, yeah. every time I say mission or objective, your goal is to say, no, that's a scenario, Chris. You got to correct me every time. It's <laughs> well, I think on the top, they say mission objective. So I, I, who knows? So I think we're <laughs> right. good. All right, so the first one is where we set up essentially four satellites. There's five, but the one in the middle is always in the middle. That one never, um, ever, ever changes. And essentially, you set up the different satellites, and you have to deny enemy forces that information, right? So what happens at the start of the game, each player earns mission points uh, for the opponent's deficit, which I think we all know deficit scoring is a thing, right? Um, you earn one mission point for each satellite that you control. The player whose marker is on each satellite controls that objective. So essentially, your goal is to fly next to a satellite, take an action, a white action, to grab that satellite. It becomes yours. It becomes yours until, I believe, somebody else takes it from you. So with that in mind you have the ability to place these in kind of the different quadrants, right? You get to place one, then your opponent gets to place one, then you have to place one on your opponent's side, and then your opponent has to place one on your side. Here's where the objectives and all these missions are changing, um, not only just the list building, but how we fly, right? Because originally before, you had time to set up. Now people are going in and taking three objectives, you know, three of these mission points round one, right? And if you aren't careful, you get behind, you know, that's just, that's a fact, um, which is a design to help in get the game to engage faster, which I actually don't disagree with. At first I didn't like it, but now I don't mind it because it doesn't force me to have to spend a bunch of time trying to outmaneuver you. Um, and if you're really aggressive and let's say I'm running a Grievous list and I separate Grievous, you're either going in all in on Grievous or splitting your squad or doing something. And Grievous usually still makes out especially now that he gets free solo swan and free, free impervium plating. Just staple, just stapled on him. Um, so, Corey, what, what has been your experience with this specific uh, scenario? Yeah, I mean, I think the chat is also hitting it, too, that, you know, Jedi are definitely uh, anything with force is, is pretty huge um, in the game. Um, there's a couple things, you know, a couple of TIE fighters, like the one... Uh, is it Night Beast that gets to do a, a focus after a blue? Uh, could yep. be pretty interesting for grabbing, you know, an objective. So um, the trick with that center one, there's obviously two that are easy to get, and there's one in the center that you're kind of like, you know, it almost feels like a game of chicken, right? Like who's going to go up there and grab it? Um, low initiative actually is pretty uh, key in that one. Um, like I use Merle, uh, in the A-Wing, uh, is pretty fantastic with Heroic because at least he's got some kind of, uh, I guess, feeling of defense, 
um, for going up there and grabbing it and they're fast. Um, so that's one of the things. And, but you also have to think about the other side that your opponent could actually charge into that spot. Um, and you know, if you're tokenless, um, their whole list could take, you know, pot shots at that one ship and potentially kill it, which I'd be quite happy to let someone take an objective, uh, if I can kill their ship. Um, so that's something just to be considered. Uh, but it is kind of an interesting startup of, uh, not only, you know, are you going to go for that center objective, which is kind of the one that's in contention, um, but also placing obstacles, right? So, uh, I've started thinking there, there's two ways to set up obstacles now. So you can set it up so that your the traditional way of, you know, trying to set up ob obstacles to, um, help your list, uh, in combat, but you can also set up obstacles to help defend the objectives or make it more difficult for your opponent. Um, I think I've seen a lot more heavily clustered obstacles than I've seen in the past where people are um, sticking a whole bunch of big obstacles in the center and it makes it really difficult to kind of maneuver through that um, when you're grabbing uh, your objectives. So um, it is kind of an interesting one. Um, I do like this objective. Uh, I don't feel like, <coughs> um, I feel like it's, uh, there's a lot of risk reward in there. And, and I think that's pretty interesting. That's one of the things I think about the most with this one is that risk of, you know, running up there and, and do I take it? Do I not? Um, and I think it depends on firepower and what's coming in and what's gonna, you know, what's, what are the consequences of losing that action to, um, grabbing that objective? Yeah, and I would say with this one, Jedi's are probably one of the higher, um, better ships for this list because you get a passive mod. <clears throat> now, I will say any any list that you could take elusive on, especially if you're in the beginning salvos, any list that has elusive, elusive is a very amazing cheap upgrade for two points. Right. Like, it's it's insane the amount that you get out of elusive now compared to what before. It's, it's when Remember when Crackshot was like, what, one point or whatever? And everybody was taking crack shot. Elu yep. If elusive was ever any cheaper, all we'd see is elusive. And I think with all the open spots, elusive is huge is highly beneficial. Um, ships that provide rerolls for you, um, in this scenario, is pretty pretty amazing. A uh, lone wolf, if you have a smaller ship list in this scenario, is amazing. Getting that free free reroll, but really Jedi is just kind of anything or anything with force. There you go. It doesn't have to be a Jedi. It could be a a uh, fire spray with force. The other thing I've seen too uh, to go with that though uh, mm -hmm. to kind of combat that is coordinating. Um, so one of the lists I started off with was um, a couple T70s, a couple A wings, and rows, um, and that was kind of interesting. I I I need to get better with the list, <laughs> but um, having a coordinator out there uh, that can give you that extra action to grab a objective is also pretty. Pretty awesome. Set you up, you know, give the give your ship a focus, and then your ship jumps in there. And if they're in range, they grab a, um, they grab the uh, objective. So um, that one tends that one's a, another great option. Uh, so looking at you know every ship, you know every faction has coordinating. Um, so thinking about keeping one that's in the back and uh, help your help your squad out. So 
And JJ asks, and, and I guess I'll get your opinion. Do you think Han is able to re-roll? Um, is he able to use his pilot ability to get re-rolls because he's by an obstacle um, for stealing one of the satellites? I mean, he gets his re-rolls for even going over obstacles, right? For rolling for damage, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I would I would say yes, he, he gets it for anything except for uh, the road roll. Yep. So then I would wager if that is how they rule it, that that will change in the future in terms of being able to roll for that objective. Because that kind of seems, it's kind of similar to like when we had Dooku being able to roll your bomb hits or Dooku, oh, I'm just going to yellow through an obstacle. To me, it seems kind of productive to allow Han to re-roll that objective one. I don't mind the obstacle aspect, right? You know, like that that piece mm-hmm. I don't mind. It's it's the re-rolling that objective dice seems... um seems that should be will be something that if they have not already condemned will be looked at pretty quick so i did see a stream though where they somebody asked about han and they just gave a smirk and they kind of just glossed over that like there was i i don't know what the uh what came of that maybe somebody else caught uh if anything else was said but um i it gave me the feeling there's some some inter discussions uh about some people wanting Han to keep his ability for everything and others not is what was how I took it. But um, I, I didn't see anything that showed me that they were going to be changing that anytime soon. So, um, which is incredibly frustrating. Han can be a very uh, negative play experience if you're playing against him and he's rolling hot. So. Yep. Um, all right. So, anything else on scrambling the transmissions before we move to the next one? I don't think so. All right. So, the next scenario that I have is the salvage mission. Your goal is to retrieve as many supply crates as possible before your enemy. Essentially, it's the same thing. There's five supply crate crash caches. Um, and essentially what will happen is you go fly, you take an action to pick up your supply crate, and then you can fly away with it. If somebody crits you, and this is very important, if somebody crits you, you drop your um, supply crate. Uh, at the end of the round, whatever supply crates you have left, you get to score one mission point for. Um then on top of that, you are not able to do advanced maneuvers. And this is where they did a clarification this week. Actually, I think Thursday, I think it was Thursday. They added a whole bunch of information in there about what you can do while you have a supply crate. So essentially what they originally had is, is if you were to have a supply crate, you would not be able to do an advanced maneuver. So then what came up is the question of, well, if I do an advanced maneuver, I just can jettison my supply crate, right? Leave it for somebody else. If I'm, you know, if I'm an I six, who cares? I'm going to do my jettison and the next turn you try to pick it up and I'm just going to crit you and go attack you. So, um, they clarified it to essentially say that when you do that, you would not do the, the, um, the, the, advanced maneuver except for in a couple of scenarios uh for the most part you would not be able to do your advanced maneuver and you would just do a what is it, a two white forward uh stress maneuver correct mm-hmm. yep it was basically the same thing as 
being stressed and then trying to do a 4K while you're stressed. Unless you're a defender, then, you know, whatever. Um, that's a different discussion. Uh, but uh, the only difference is, is, like, I think the repulsor lifts are the ones that it's affected. So if you use your repulsor lifts on an HMP, you flip your card, right? You pick up your supply crate. You, If you do the churn maneuver, you have to jettison it. It's not even an option at that point. Um, and instead of forcing you to do the the, the two white straight um, would be very unfair for that type of a ship because it's not something that you have the ability at this current time to do. Now, that doesn't mean in the future they might errata those, um, the, the, the text on those cards, uh, but for now, that's kind of how they've they've ruled that. Yeah, oops, my cargo slipped. Yeah, essentially. His droids shouldn't be carrying cargo anyway. What the heck? You know, they're not that good. Yeah, one thing that's made me look at is that with all the new loadouts, you can put stuff on like uh, first order, for instance, like pattern analyzer or on uh, resistance, which I fly. But um, because of that ruling of, of <coughs> how that works, um, I've since removed my pattern analyzers just because I'm worried in an event, even though I play uh, competitively, um, only one of the four objectives uh, that comes into play and is a negative thing. Um, and I think you could really um, screw yourself up pretty heavy if you kind of rely on those advanced maneuvers and then all of a sudden you get the cargo uh, objective and you can just get host. So, um, so that's one of the things I've kind of done to really make me think about those advanced maneuvers. Do I really need to do them? Um, so, yep. And I think what it does is it prevents you from taking that cargo and turning around and trying to kill your enemy. Right. You know, like it's this, this scenario actually feels as cl the closest to dog fighting out of all four of them. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Minus chance engagement, whatever that, that one, your chance engagement is dog fight, but this is the, out of those other, the other all three of them, this feels the closest to dog fighting because there is only five points that you can score, right? By getting caches, you can only have one cache per ship. And you are essentially forcing your opponent to, you know, kind of make the decision who wants the caches. Do we both want caches? And then how are we going to attack? And, and I'll use a, the example I had was when I played against two defenders and two TIE fighters, one of the, the two TIE fighters went and picked up the caches on their side of the board and just, just turtled on that side. Right. And then they had the defenders come in and attack my HMPs. Well, I sent my Grievous after a while, I was like, he's not going to engage with me with those little TIE defenders. So I sent Grievous in. Well, you know what Grievous does to a TIE defender? Um, or I'm sorry, not a TIE defender, a, a TIE fighter. Uh, within two turns, that TIE fighter is no more. No questions asked. Like it, Especially when it's looking the other way. <laughs> it, can't, it can't do a 3K to turn around. It's got to run from you. And TIEs are not known for their um, maneuverability, especially at I-2. So... See, for me, uh, my experience is interesting that you say that, Chris, because my experience is actually the opposite. Uh, depending, I guess it depends on what you're flying or what ships you have. But um, for me, the crate one actually is is very uh, low on the dogfighting uh, because hmm. I've seen my either myself, uh, like I had Merle grab one, uh, and I just ran. Uh, he, I turned his butt gun to the back, uh, just took pot shots at people, but he just went as fast as possible to get away from everybody. And so he really wasn't engaging. Um, and so I think it depends on the list that you're playing against. And that's, that's a great 
thing to bring up is like if you've got a very defensive list that's fast and and can get out of basically get out of dodge pick up those crates and run and then every round if you've got three of them you're points ahead every single round um and so uh it can be this one can be one of those ones that gets out of hand uh in that it can snowball pretty quickly and all of a sudden you're way down in points and feel like it's hard to come back um but I, I do think it depends on the ship types that you've got. So, so in this case, you're saying faster ships that can shoot out the front and back, or have the ability to, in some way, shape, or form, shoot out the front and back, that probably benefits them in this in this scenario. I would think so. I mean, I, I think resistance A wings. Uh, you put optics and heroic on them, or something like that, and just just bolt. Um, you know, if they can, they can now all take hull upgrade. And so uh, you just grab that and run um, and just kind of move around the board. And, you know, there's it takes some really bad dice to get through uh, the A-wings that way. Yeah. You want to know the other one I feel that has not been played a lot that would be beneficial in this scenario? TIE SF. Yeah. Because I can take missiles. Now I can take millions of missiles. I get a, a pilot ability now, and I can shoot missiles out my butt. No questions the asked. The only thing with that is the SFs, because of their two agility versus the three, um, I do think it does hinder them a little bit, but they do have an amazing dial. Um, and so I think they could be pretty strong. Um, but I think three agility ships definitely have the advantage in this one. You know, like I said, uh, that's where resistance A-wings pop in my mind um, as being uh, a really strong choice uh, for that yeah. case. So the answer to your question, JJ, is one ship can have one cargo. Now, yep. you know what would be interesting, and maybe this we'll see this feature, it would be interesting if larger base ships could carry two cargoes. Sure. That would actually be kind of a twist that would be kind of cool. Like, I mean, because think about it. If a Han Solo comes flying in YT-1300, you know he can carry more than one bloody cargo. Like, that's that's a fact. Um the other thing I thought about, too, that would be interesting to see is if they start looking at affecting dials based on cargo, right? Like maybe this is a new objective or something like that that's a little bit different. But think about it this way. You go pick it up and, you know, you're, you're, everything is downgraded if you're a small base ship because now you, you're carrying something you're not used to carrying. You know, let's, right. let's admit it. You, 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 an A-wing is not meant to carry cargo, period. That's a, you know, like, that's a fact. Um, yeah. And, uh... Anyway... The chat's talking about Rebel A-Wings. I would agree. Uh, Ahsoka, <laughs> you put, uh, give Ahsoka a crate, and you might as well just say, I'm never going to get that back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so, very true. Unless you drop a um, bomb. So I have a question. If you drop a bomb and it, it hits a crit, they got to drop that crate, right? Right. If you take a crit. So, um, and I think if you go for debris or obstacles, the same thing would happen too. I think it's when you, I don't think it specifies if a ship gives you a crit. I think it's when you take a crit, if I'm not mistaken. I guess I should look that over before I say that out loud. Um, when a ship that has a supply cache on its card suffers a crit damage or is destroyed. So it doesn't say a ship gives it a crit. It's if it takes a crit. So um, anything that does that would would uh, would cause that. Um, I know for me, for instance, uh, Magpulse 
missiles have gone way up in stock to me. Um, so I've started looking for any place I can throw Magpulse on there because if it hits, it's a guaranteed crit. Um, obviously, Marksman is a huge one as well. And then the, is it R7A7 uh, Republic droid? Yeah. Um, you know, those are all, you know, huge tools uh, to be able to get stuff through. But uh, for me, the biggest one was Magpulse. I've always been on the edge of like, do I take Concussion? Do I take Magpulse? Um, and now um, it's almost a given that I... It, one, because I feel like matches, you get fewer shots in. Uh, so Magpulse having the two charges isn't as bad. But also that guaranteed crit um, <coughs> is uh, just massive. Um, so that's something I've really looked at in my list. Yep, and I will say, depending on the type of ship, so this is where Magpulse is. This is if your ship is a high initiative ship list, I think Magpulse, Pult has a higher effect than on lower lower initiative lists. Um, but and again, I'll use my defenders. I put them on an I um what was it an I two? I don't know. I put them on my HMPs. So um, one version of my HMPs had two two loadouts that had Magpult, and I played this scenario. And guess what? They all had to drop crit, or they all dropped their crates. Because it doesn't matter. It hits a shield. Who cares? You're still, right. You took a crit damage. You're dropping the crate. Um, and then, oh, by the way, the issue was is I give out my deplete and my jam. Well, if I have more, if I have two or more ships at I2 and I give out my, my jam tokens, it's beneficial because it forces them to spend that, that token. So let's say you roll one eyeball. You have three dice. You roll one eyeball and one evade and a blank, right? A lot of times people will be like, well, I'm going to just, because I'm going to take the one damage no matter what, because you rolled two hits and a crit. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and not spend my focus for next turn. Well, guess what? I'm giving you a jam token. Merry right. Christmas. And if I have another ship that can come in and shoot you, it's, you, you better spend it. You know, you might as well. There's no reason not to. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's the same effect on a higher initiative ship. You're throwing out those depletes. So really, in my opinion, Mag Magpulse has gone up in stock threefold. Mm -hmm. um, and in fairness, I did use to run them. Uh, if I ran something that I didn't need protons for, I like the jam aspect of it because I think the jam is something that is underutilized in the game. Um, but it just is, I, I, I don't know. I agree with you. I think Magpulse should be considered... Um, because I think it has more benefits than just this scenario. The only downside yeah. to it is you just don't get the you don't get the offensive output. It's like right. a it's like a homing missile with better effects. There you go. That's the, that's yeah. what it is. Chad's mentioning uh, Kylo Midnight Breach are all great with those. Hundred percent agree. Uh, fantastic. Um, the one thing I would say is the Magpulse has got a sneaky. Not that this is a Magpulse chat <laughs> evening, but. Uh, Magpulse is also has a sneaky offensive side of it in that you don't think about in that not only does it do the crit um, and the deplete, which is great on high initiative, but it also, with, because of the jam, is removing a token or causing them to spend a token one way or another. And so any remaining ships are getting more offensive output because you're forcing that stuff through um, because they don't have, they can't sit on a token. They can't be like, hey, if you know, I'm just going to 
chill out here, you know that if you hit them with a mag pulse, they're going to be tokenless for the rest of the round. Um, and that's actually pretty powerful for the rest of your list. You think about Seavor and some of those things, how important they are uh, when they're shooting. Mag pulse is like a little Seavor missile. Um, so I have a quick question, just so that we can go through clarifications. So if I shoot at you with a mag pulse, right? And mm-hmm. you're a rebel ship that can share tokens, and you get a jam token because you have no, no, no tokens. And somebody go, Harry goes, oh, I want to share a focus with you. Can she share it with you? And then jam triggers. Right. Yep. So jam, like I will be happy when they put more jam missiles. But I think <laughs> this is great tech against rebels. Like this yeah. is th- this makes rebels go a little bit. You, we can accept it a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see it a lot more. Um, I've put it on a couple Jedi uh, that can take missiles now um, in the Deltas, which is really scary. Um, so some sneaky stuff in there. All right. Let's go on to... We'll do chance engagement real quick, I guess. Um, essentially, this is dogfighting. That, mm-hmm. That's what it is. There is a mission point in the center. <laughs> Uh, whoever is within, whoever has the most ships within range zero to two scores one extra objective point. Otherwise it's kill each other. I do believe they finally clarified, um, whether you're, when you go, when you, yep, they very, they clarified it. So now it's rounding up. Originally it said rounding down in there. (laughs) Uh, so Originally, you were scoring half points on a ship, and you had to round down. So the first time I played this, we I think we had this on stream, literally the first day it came out, and um, we were rounding everything down. And um, <clears throat> sorry, JJ, you would have been toast um, three, two, two rounds, at least two rounds sooner <laughs> if if we had rounded up. So it used to be round down for the first half and round up for the second. Yes. Did that that changed? Yes. So it's round up both. Yes, it's it's now officially just round up. Because wouldn't that make a five point ship worth six points then? No, 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 no. So what originally would happen is when you would when you would score half points, you would get two points the for half points, right? And then you would get the remaining three points when you kill it, right? They in one of the chats that they had they were in. They said they still had to officially get back, but essentially Plumber was like, when you get half points on the ship, it wouldn't be two, it would be three, and then when you finish the ship off, it's going to be five. Oh, okay. Okay. So that was that was a big difference. Now, again, right. they haven't updated the dock, right, per se, but but that is what they were saying officially in the in the chat. Because that was a big, like, to me, that was a big confusion point, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, because it makes, a, in my opinion, it makes a difference, because if you can, if you have to round down for half points, so it, again, in chance encounter, when you half point a ship and you only got two out of the five, it's a lot harder to to kill that ship. Like to you know to get your your mission points you need. Um, you have to keep ships on the board longer. Now, if you can round up, if people are taking three point ships and five point ships, which seem to be pretty prominent right now. Now, when I get it, I get my two points and my three points. Sure. So. Um, yeah, I think this the this mission objective with the one token in the center though i do feel like it's it is significant um 
I think the biggest thing is, you know, this of all the things that have, I think, hurt aces, um, to be honest, this actually hurts aces a lot more than, than some of the other stuff, just because, in my opinion, um, just because you get a big rebel beef squad that's in the center that's just one straight to victory um, and commanding that center, uh, or even a bunch of TIE fighters that can hard one turn left and right and that kind of thing that's, you know, near that center objective and you're used to a, a list that's going to kind of toilet bowl and go around the outside, um, it is going to be really tough. Um, and if you sit on that too long, um, those points will start adding up. You know, when we're only talking 20, um, you know, every two times you do that, you've got 10% of the game right there. So um, I do think these... <coughs> This is significant, um, but, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I do think it, it creates engagements, but um, it is uh, definitely, I th in my, my opinion, a, uh, it hurts aces a little bit on this one. Yeah, and if you think about your A-wings that can just shoot out the butt too, right, you can just have two of them circle around this thing and say, hey, come get me, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, the, your your, your A-wing scenario earlier matches kind of this to some extent, right? I could still use those same A-wings in this scenario and let the rest of my list go engage you or flank you, and I can leave my two in the center and get my objective point um, and force you to come in and engage, you know? And and this is where I've had struggled more is because I'm a very offensive player, <laughs> so um, I'm going in to get my points, try to get in, and sometimes I get caught um, a little bit faster than I probably should. So sure. All right. So enough on that one. Uh, the last one is assault at the satellite array. So if I have to pick, and, and I get, well, let's go through. I guess, let's go through it first, and then we can pick what our favorite and least favorite ones are. So, um, <clears throat> this one essentially is you get five satellites. Uh, you put them out there, and then you have to be within range one of these satellites and whoever has the most ships within range one of the current satellite gets the most objective points for that. So let's say I've got five satellites and I leave three ships by one and two ships by another. I get two points for that round is unless Corey brings all five of his ships in on my three ship side. Then I Corey would get that objective point. You cannot hold them per se. So it's not um, ones where you can take an action you don't have to take any actions. You just have to be next to them. And I will tell you, I had one objective where I just took Contrail and circled him around one and said, come get him. And I got three objective points out of that. But, you know, then Contrail died pretty quick. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I got three objective points, you know, for it. But um, anyway, so that was kind of the, uh, that's kind of the gist of, of what this one is. So, what are your thoughts? So, um... I, it sounds like a lot of people don't like this one. Um, I'll be honest, this is my absolute favorite. Um, and the reason for it is, is I think it splits up. I One of my things I don't like in X-Wing, and I'd probably take a little bit of heat from this, is um, I don't like someone flying in a block of X-Wing or a block of uh, formation. Um, that drives me crazy. Uh because I love um, coming in from multiple angles. I like, you know, um, kind of trying to create different engagements and uh, through different lanes. <coughs> and um, I feel like for me, this one splits it up so that you're, 
having to evaluate different engagements across the board. So when I'm looking at this, I say, you know, do I shoot past these, you know, that where the group is and try and create this one-on-one -on -one, uh, action, you know, on this upper objective on the other player's side? Um, you know, do I sweep in with two or three ships and, and try and hold kind of the center area, kind of scare people away? <coughs> um, so um, I feel like this one makes me really think hard about where my engagements are taking place and but i don't have to um lose the capabilities of my of my list in order to um take the objectives like i can still firefight i can still dogfight freely um but it gives me more to think about of where those engagements take place so yeah <clears throat> so this is my least favorite one out of everything i hate this one i think it's dumb um <laughs> personally and if i had my way i'd never play this one ever personally um i do not like this and i don't like it i so i am a swarm player and i like having my stuff in blocks and that's how i ran most of my list um yeah it, it's camping and, and and so some of it is i feel that the way this works at least so far is it does not encourage as much engagement as the all the other scenarios. How about that? And I think that's why I probably like it the least is because you have the ability and you have the two objectives and you force everybody to split up and there isn't enough firepower unless you concentrate it or have certain types of ships. So this, this type of scenario I feel lends itself to that mid range uh, list, the four to six ship list. Um, and ones that have the ability to have multiple interactions and have the ability to have extremely strong output firepower. So being able to shoot protons or shoot plasmas or be able to double tap in some way or throw, <coughs> throw bombs in some way towards these scenarios highly, highly benefits um, those type of lists. And that's why, that, that's why I have a harder time with this one. And again, like I said, I could toilet bowl. I didn't win, but again, it was the same thing. I had the same, just like Desla, just like you said, I had the same issue. I was able to score a bunch of points towards the beginning, and then all of a sudden, because my ships were far enough apart, they weren't able to protect each other as much or provide concentrated firepower, and then they ended up dying. Um, and so maybe it's a way to look at this objective and say, <laughs> the do the objective points matter as much in this one? Right? I think they, like we, they matter a ton, I think. I just... I think it's one of those things where for me, and again, it's it's all going to be about how you like to fly. Um, to me, taking a five-ship list and having two two groups of two and then an ace maybe is, is one of the most awesome ways for me to fly in the game. Uh, and so it's perfect for this objective, right? So you've got your ace that's going to bully someone or grab an a, a objective someplace that's out of the way if he needs to. Um, and then you've got, you know, a couple different groups of two ships or so uh, taking a few other ones. And I think a lot of it is um, <coughs> planning how to get from one objective to the other so that you're not doing K turns necessarily, but um, I'm going to hit this objective here to grab this one. And then I'm going to try and go up and maneuver to go up to this objective. And this other, my other part of the team is going to cover my back while I do that. And so I think it's, it's just a different line of thinking. Yep. 
and I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think, I think that the the big difference here is I don't feel that objective promotes some of the engagement over uh, mission points. And 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 here's so I guess now before we we're gonna move into list building here for the next half hour in just a second. But what I want to do is I want to talk a little just just real quick about we JJ is frozen in time. He's not here tonight, Deslin. Just so you know. Um, I think I think when we look at all of the different objectives and we look at all the different play styles, what we have to do is now you have to rank your list based on um, based on what what your list will do in each of these different scenarios, right? So in that scenario, your list does benefit that mid list, right? And like Corey said, aces a one ace at least in that list is very very effective. Um, I would actually almost even argue that um multiple like like a true three ship ace list in that scenario probably does pretty well and i would say that because of the fact that they don't worry as much about mission objective points as they worry about killing and outmaneuvering you and scoring the points and then running away to another objective to score the points and and i think that they can do that because you have to break your list up to score points or go and attack them but if you could corner my vader that can pattern analyze 4k three actions to himself <laughs> you know like go ahead that's fine if you could get him off the board then that's a boom that's eight points but if you can't now we now you now, now you're looking at a bigger issue right um so i think when we talk about the objectives and we talk about you know ace play and we talk about all these different scenarios that we're getting to one of the things that we we should be looking at is how do we categorize when loss ratios with our list based on these objectives and this is where i would hope uh that some community leaders and i would happily volunteer my time and my life to help this if anybody would like uh tanner's help but like my biggest complaint about the way ttt and even the pink brain like the way they record all this data is there's a nuanced complexity that is not actually being looked at right and, and, and that's fine this is a game we don't we play for no money like i mean i guess i could sell my templates you know that i win right i mean there were some money but like i mean what what did we spend in hotels and food to go to crossroads Corey? and i guarantee you the amount of money we spent to go to crossroads we did not get out of that in prizes <laughs> like i don't even think the top player probably got out of that in prizes maybe Maybe Adepticon, if you get your world's ticket, right, and then you get your trip paid for, okay, hey, that's that's probably a little different. But that's going to be a, what, a 1 in 200 chance that you're going to get that, you know? Only one person's going to get that. So we don't play this game, obviously, right, for a huge financial gain. We don't have 10 grand on the line like they do in Magic. Um, Greg made money. At, you're right. Greg made money at Blackjack Tables. But, <laughs> you know, fine. When we go, if Greg comes to Adepticon, maybe we'll all go gambling. One of He's going to be there. Yeah, so there you go. Greg, when you see this or hear this, let's let's get a gambling crew together. I just want to watch you. I don't want to gamble. I just want to watch you win money. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll sit at the table and play 20 bucks worth of blackjack. But that's about as much as you get out of me. Unless I win a lot of money, then, you know, I'll stay. But and, and Corey, going going back to this, like if we could record a different type of set of data, right? So if we could come up with a community as here's how we feel this solves this this mission point or this objective um, and here's where your list rates per se on this. If we had a way of capturing all of that and then being able to analyze it, I think that's where 
in my opinion, that's where AMG could go to actually produce future scenarios, right? Because not only are they going to find where some of the cracks are, uh, such as four or five point B wings that can throw proton bombs um, in three out of the five or three out of the four objectives and be very successful at launching proton bombs and proton missiles, right? We look at those things and can go, oh, hey, maybe we need to tweak these other few things. And, and, and it would help, I think, balance the game a little bit more. Um, in, in my opinion. And then it helps them give them ideas on how do you create scenarios that are fairly balanced, right? Because I will admit going into this, I do feel that the points were balanced pretty well. I won't say that they were amazingly balanced because we did see some crossover of a lot of different things, but I felt they were a lot more balanced and there was counters to a lot of what we were seeing, um, except for Dash. I will never recant my distaste for Dash. Ever. I'm, I'm 100% Dash. with you there. So, <laughs> I know. I don't think anybody at Locals has brought Dash either. So if you're watching this and you're from the local group, please don't bring Dash because I will not. We have, probably we have not one play guy that, that loves Dash. Like I'm pretty sure he has a Dash pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I will not play that guy. So if he comes, <laughs> he's all yours, Corey. So. Anyway. All right, so you want to get into lists? Do you feel lists? Yeah, at this some point? good ones. All right, well, I have no idea if any of these are good or not, but I'm going to take some of the suggestions that we got. Uh, we got some feedback in our Discord, and we got some feedback uh, personally, and then some of the ones that Corey, and even though JJ isn't really here, even though he's in the chat, um, he submitted a few lists as well. Okay, where'd you get that first one? Because I didn't see that one. JJ. Okay. I believe this was a JJ list. Okay. So you're going so, backwards. I have no idea. I, I None of those are in any order, by the way. Okay. This is an FYI. I just pulled it. them in. <laughs> I just threw all them in there. I'm going to go. I will tell you, I'm going to go rebel. We'll go. We'll try to stay in order of the factions as much as possible. And I will be honest and say, I am not a scum player. Um, And I only have <laughs> one scum list that I found that seemed like it could hold up. Um, I bet you there's some scum lists out there that can. Um, and I know once the Gauntlet Fighter drops, there will definitely be some scum lists that can hold up. But for now, I, scum's just not my forte. So Yeah, there's a good one in here. So, Alright, so this one is an arc with Is Ibistam? Ibistams? Is that how you say it? I, I've never even tried. Alright, Ibistams? Where's JJ with you? Damn it. Um, and he has Hopeful and Leia, Gina Moonsong with Hopeful, Trajectory Simulator, Blazer Bombs, and, and that's Foil, Ten Nub and Braylon, uh, Ten Nub with Auto, Blasters, Afterburners, a blaze, Blazer Bomb, Trajectory Simulator, Braylon with Marksmanship, Auto Blasters, and Fire Control, Cluster Mines, and... Stabilizers, oh, and afterburners. If Braylon didn't need even more, and then Derek in the A wing, which I think is the two point staple. Yep. That's not, um, uh, I don't know what it, what was the name of oh, uh, Lieutenant Bill. So yeah, you have two 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 point staples in Rebels. So what do you feel is the highlights or the strengths of this list? Uh, I'm not sure if you mean highlight or hell, but one of the two. Um, <laughs> Tragedy Simulator, I, it, to me, 
I'll just flat out say I shouldn't be in the game. Uh, I hate it. Um, but uh, beyond that, um, I think this is a really strong uh, being able to, you know, throw bombs in the center, um, kind of protect that center. They're not fast. Nothing in this list besides the A-wing is fast. And so um, being able to uh, kind of protect that center while you grab the other things, keep everybody together. You don't have to worry about being flanked quite as heavy. Um, and so I think that's really, really strong. Um, and chat's mentioning afterburners, uh, super fast um, B wings. I mean, that is totally true. You, know, you pop Leia and do the three bank and, and afterburners. I guess they can be crazy fast if they want to be for two turns, um, which is pretty cool. Um, or they could do a hard one and boost, which would or hard one, I guess it would be the other thing, go really slow. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is, I think this is a strong list. Um, if you get some fast ships behind them, I think they could have a little bit of trouble um, just being able to pick stuff off. So if you get, you know, an A-wing swarm or tie swarm or something like that. Um, I think these B wings could go down pretty fast cause they don't really have a whole lot defensively going for them. Um, obviously Brailing can roll, can do re-rolls, but it is still one die. Um, so, but I think it's a lot of beef. Um, and, uh, definitely a scary, definitely a scary list. So. Yep. And like with Leo, lowering it doesn't have to be right um because i'm trying to think of the the red maneuvers the red maneuvers istanbul has or whatever his name is he has that 4k so that's mm -hmm. being him and being able to 4k and then each of the b-wings 2k seems pretty good so and they've got one talons too the b-wings do oh that's right i forgot about those i hate those you know what hey Corey, where is where is our buddy that used to play B-Wings all the time? This is like his meta right here. Yeah. Yeah. Tori? Yeah. Where's Tori? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody message those... Tori and tell him to come back and play yeah. with us because like he used to fly B-Wings nonstop. We played Aces High and he flew a B-Wing and, and double tap Poe to death and Aces High. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think this is a strong list. Me personally, I'll just share that I I don't like so much one health, uh, so much beef with one health. Um, I think for me, I would probably throw in uh, another ship in here that could give you some mobility. So you have maybe two B-wings in the arc and then a couple of ships that are flying around. Um, they can do something else. So, uh, But I do think it's really strong. Um, you know, and, and uh, I, I'm definitely a big fan of Braylon. So um, really, really good list. Yeah. And I think and we're going to see a, a lot of these at Adepticon, this kind of list. Well, and I think for an I3, Ibistam is an amazing because you don't need Leia all the time. You can roll to try to get rid of your stress as well. So um, that's that's pretty amazing. And Gina... Can do the same. She can't do the same, but she can, you know, transfer one of her stress tokens to another one of these ships. So you can give Ten Nub two stress and let him, you know, let him just go to town. So. Yeah, does in the chat saying drop uh, the arc down to Ezra. 
Um, yeah, Ezra is a great, you're talking about, I'm assuming the Sheetapede. Um, but I think Ezra and the TIE Fighter can now have a crew as well. So I think you can do either. I don't remember what the points are on them. Um, but that might give you a few more points to spend somewhere else. So. All right. Next one, we have Wedge with Proton Torpedoes Shield Upgrade R4. Uh, Ibistan again. <laughs> there you go. That's two lists with Ibistan, or however you say that guy's name. Expert Handling. Um, Orissa Wren. The Delve, or <laughs> the Delve. Derek in the A-Wing. AP5 in the Sheathapede. And Ezra in the TIE Fighter with K2SO crew, which is very spicy. I like that a lot, mm -hmm. actually. Um, and Lieutenant Blount instead of Derek. Oh, I mean, you already have Derek. Oh, yeah, with Lieutenant Blount. So this changes and dumps the B-Wings, but gives you this gives you your, here's your ace, right? Um, here's your extremely aggressive ace. Though I would argue, I would I don't know if he's an ace. No? No. I, I think he is. To me, Wedge is a hammer that... Uh... <clears throat> He survives by killing others. So, <laughs> all right. For me, I would actually drop plasma torps down to plasma torps because I think those are really sure. powerful. And then add some sort of um, upgrades into here, or maybe even upgrade um, this astromech to something different. Again, I think the R three is underlooked right now. Being able mm -hmm. to take two locks on things, I think that's extremely underlooked. Um, I mean, can you just imagine Wedge being able to have two targets to shoot protons at or plasmas? Uh, you know, seems good to me. So, yeah, I think the one thing uh, Proton gives you with scenarios is um, thinking about that crit. Oh, um, yep, you're right. That's true. And so, normally, I would I would 100% agree. Uh, Sean from our group mentioned he started running plasma on Wedge, and I was like, "What the crap? He's got three attack dice. Why are you doing that?" And then I saw it in action was like, oh, yeah, that's why you do that. Uh, so it's really, really powerful. Um, but I do think that crit, you know, four dice with a crit um, is is pretty awesome, too. So. Yep. And it goes back to when we talk about what do which scenarios do they work in? That crit works really well in the crate scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then also really works well. When we talk about. Um, the scrambling the transmissions because once you start taking those crits now you're taking all those cards and you're now able to you're not able to do different actions uh in the same way so you can lose things that you were never able to lose before you know yeah all right <clears throat> next uh next and by the I way have... uh, sorry real quick ursa ren uh on an arc um really really strong i've i've Put one together like that too. I think I went with uh, veteran tail gunner instead of expert handling, um, but uh, really cool. Uh, it's kind of like the R three droid, where you can keep two locks, um, but uh, it gives you that uh, extra action type thing, which is really really cool. So um, the reason I went with uh, veteran tail gunner there is. If you if it works out just right, you could potentially get target lock front and back um, out of your out of your arc. So, uh, but very cool card. The next one was a list submitted to us by a community member. Uh, this is a loaded out Vader 
with Inquisitor and Seventh Sister. Both the Inquisitor or both of the V1s have foresight. Uh, and Seventh Sister with a spicy outmaneuver. Because Seventh Sister now has 11 points you can play with. That uh, that seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, Vader has heavy laser cannons, cluster missiles, pattern analyzer, and instinctive aim. And as Greg will point out, and he's obviously not watching, instinctive aim does work. We don't have an official ruling, but based on all the card text we went through on our stream on Wednesday, instinctive aim does work on Vader. No, no comment. Um, I was just looking into it because I, I thought I saw something that it didn't, somebody else was ruling that it didn't work because it was, um, it wasn't used to modify the attack. It was a force used to uh, set up an attack. Um, but I, I haven't been following it too closely, so I certainly could be wrong there. Um, yeah, so the reason... The reason we believe that it works is because of where the wording is while you perform a special attack, right? And because of that wording, while you perform, you're in that perform action phase. Therefore, sure. you can spend it to ignore it. And there was a Vader ruling um, for... I'm trying to think of what was the... was it? I don't know if it was Shattering Shot. I think it was Shattering Shot that you were allowed to use. I'd have to go back to our damn stream. Um, it was an there you go. It was last resort. It was an article uh, from uh, FFG where they ruled it. Okay, so, cool. So, I think the uh, pattern analyzer is really interesting on Darth Vader. Um, it kind of reminds me of of what I was looking into with E Wings um, as an option to keep R three which is obviously really powerful on an E-Wing, uh, but also still keep the maneuverability that they have, um, that they potentially have. Because I always struggled with E-Wings of, is it R, you know, R2 or I mean R4 or is it R3? Um, because of either super maneuverability or the double target locks. Um, but here on Vader, Pattern Analyzer allows you to, you may not get um, the evade tokens, but you're uh, still able to get, you know, a token when you're doing a one or a two speed maneuver or that 2K, I guess, uh, if you really wanted to. Uh, but I, I would assume it's more for the the hard turns, turning, making it so that you get an action um, and kind of set yourself up to get out again. So uh, that's a pretty sneaky upgrade um, that is is really, really cool. So. Yeah, and I think the neat part about it is it allows you to do those weird maneuvers, right? That people don't expect. Yep. That's that's the, the especially if you're behind somebody anyway. I mean, like right there, that just yep. it kind of works really well with that. So yeah. The next list is Volt Scaris, Turfener, Fifth Brother, Pierceabach, and Gideon Hask. And you brought this to my attention today. Um. So this is a very different um this is I, I do we call this like a galactic empire salad is that what this is because this is definitely oh is that the new one I'm, yeah this the is new, the new yeah. one i've never seen before until today sure so i have no idea what it is um i 
I'm still kind of blown away that it that it did really well. Um, but again, three agility can be amazing as long as you're not Sunterfell. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, just a mix of fun ships, and and sometimes it's just a weird combo that ends up working really well. Yep, and we all know Turfiner is pretty good, especially in this environment, right? Um, because after you perform an action, you can perform a barrel roll or a boost, even if you're stressed, and that's before your auto thrusters even kicks in. So, um, that's pretty decent. I I guess I didn't think about this, but think about it this way: Volt, you take your action to get your charge, which we all thought was stupid. Why would you do that? It's just like a passive sensors, but better. But now, if you think about it in this meta, if Volt comes in and he has nobody around him, you can start shooting with your other ships, and then he can take a target lock mm-hmm. if he wants. He can take a focus. He can do all these other crazy things, and, and he doesn't have to make a decision until he has full board information. And I think that's that's you know that's pretty pretty powerful. I'm a little weirded out that fifth brother no longer has missiles. Um I, I don't understand why I can't have my homie missile, but um this is definitely a very weird. Very, very weird uh, heavy laser cannon thing, but I think it's kind of neat to see a change for him um, come up. And then we all know Pierce Brock and Gideon are, are both very decent ships, especially for their point cost. I did not know Pierce Brock was only four points. Yeah, that's a good deal. And like on Volt, can... by the way, uh... oh, sorry, go ahead. With Pierce I say with Pierce Brock, you could start, you could fit him in semi AC stylist, can't you now? Like he's now a viable, you know, like I mean, people were, were running Duchess, right? You know, with but you can now run Pierce Sabak with Vader, and that's 12 points. And then you could throw Soon's here in there for six and then the Night Beast. Now I got a four ship list. Three of them are pretty much aces. Yeah, the one thing with Pierce Sabak that's tough. Um, always to keep in mind is that he has two agility. So um, that one, anytime I see two agility, you know, on a fragile, I I can still consider those pretty fragile, uh, although they can take an evade, which is nice. Um, But I was going to say on pure or uh, vault, something to think about is um, he could take his action and then trigger um, his auto thrusters off of that. Uh, So, that's pretty tasty depending on what's out there. I think I heard somebody talking about fighting uh, against Kylo and um, he could trigger his action and then boost uh, or barrel roll uh, after he takes his action um, once everything's done. So kind of said and done. So kind of interesting. Yeah, this is a very different list. I feel like I want to put this on the table. Like I think this is one that would be beneficial um, to look into more. Yeah, and even if it's not this exact list, I think looking at the idea of it, and that's something I really like about the new points drop, is is seeing lists like that that you just never would have seen before. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. All right, another list, one of them that you and I were talking about is that's a, a different variation is Leighton or Leighton Dree, Dree, however you say their name, uh, with targeting assist. Synced laser cannons, fire control. Um, Leighton is, in my opinion, a steal at four points in the tie heavy. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's eight health just right there, you know, for four points. That's 
to me, that's pretty good. And then on top of that, you get your side arcs. If they're in there, you get they get rerolls. And it's without it's not like with Malaris, it's the rerolls you take the strain. Doesn't have side arcs. This one, as long as you're good at flying Layton, this one seems pretty good too. And you get four academies and Night Beast and then Grand Inquisitor, which could be subbed out for anything that's worth six points. Or you can add more bloody, you can add two interceptors if you want two initiative one interceptors. You could throw two of those in there, all with a hull upgrade. Yeah, does uh, my version of, of Grand Inquisitor in this one would have uh, Brilliant Evasion, Instinctive Aim, Outmaneuver, Fire Control, and Concussion Missiles. Um, that, that's a full 17-point build-out, but what's nice is Outmaneuver triggers with Concussion Missiles. So that's pretty darn nasty. Um lot of i mean that, that that ship is just nasty and then if you go after if you don't go after grand inquisitor and you go after the swarm uh you know good luck that's a lot of dice coming in there so um i think this would be a really fun list yeah and i think you know looking at this and talking through you know the different objectives right i think in a dog's fighting scenario this does well no questions mm-hmm. asked i don't think that you have that much to worry about in dog fighting um because they're almost forced to burn Leighton down. Like you have to get you have to right. get Leighton off the table and you can't focus on Grand Inquisitor in a dogfight type scenario unless you run them all together on accident. Um but in and and then in your um the the other benefit I think is in the crate scenario, Grand Inquisitor does very well in a crate yeah. scenario because he's gonna run away and if he if you decide to chase him, you're gonna have a hard time. <laughs> and Night um, Beast is great uh, as well, just because of that double action. Yep. Yep. Go in, take your crate, just go straight through the middle of the board, start turning to the right, to the left, wherever nobody goes. Yeah. I, I, I think this list has legs. I think we have to kind of see where it lands with all, all the Good. bloody beef yep. that we have seen coming. And then, and you talk about objectives. Something to think about with this list too is is it's got enough bodies that you can kind of sweep through the board. And actually, the ones where you're near, at, you have to hold be near something. Uh, Lighten counts as two, which is great. But there's enough bodies there that you can still kind of be in a light swarm, uh, you know, close together, but still have, but still hold two objectives. And Inquisitor can certainly go grab a third on his own, no one's going to want to mess with that Inquisitor. Um, so he can be defensive or offensive, whichever way he needs to go. So I, I think this is super strong list. Unless you're a Sokatana, then you yeah. want to mess with that Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. That would That'd be fun. Oh, that would be fun. Somebody, somebody at locals bring a Sokatana. I'll bring this and somebody bring the Sokatana and let's, let's, let's have a clone wars and after clone wars duel. Yeah, we could bring in. Uh, it'd be fun to bring in a bunch of, of cool uh, force sensitive uh, aces high. Yeah, I uh... really like this next list that you've got here. Um, I from 1.0, I loved Countess Ryad um, when we used to be able to mix uh, FO and and Empire together. Um, love Countess Ryad and I think I would run backdraft and I don't remember all the other ones, but um very cool list. Uh lots of 
um, very sneaky stuff with being able to grab, you could grab all three objectives um, with this one and, um, and still have actions. So Countess gets her free evade. The other two, the seventh and fifth, both have force. Um, and Night Beast, of course, has his do a blue action and gets uh, a focus token. So um, very, very cool list. Uh, this is something I would actually love to put on a table. I'm not sure who made this one, but um, I was looking for some more Empire lists, and I've got somebody at our local group that hates Defenders, so uh, if I can push those buttons, I certainly will. Um, so I, th I, th I think that's a challenge. I think I think we need that. I want to see yeah, that. I, I, this Tomorrow, I want to see that. <laughs> so, yeah, I might. Um, this is a really cool list, so um, I think this would... I would love to see this go uh you have, you grab objectives with countess seventh and fifth and uh on the crate one i, I don't think they're going to catch you you just take evade every turn um <coughs> so super, yeah, I think the, super good the only thing i i would be very hesitant with um seventh sister and juke with the hate i i would probably drop the hate if it were me and look at something else. Um, either either putting on like a brilliant evasion. Um, brilliant evasion is usually really good. And either ion missiles, or you could take like a fire control system or something like that. Um, if you really want the juke, and, and I think the difference is we'd have to see how juke works with this. Cause I ha we have seen how juke works really well on defenders, right? Um, it probably works pretty well on Seven Sister too. You know, just thinking about that aspect of it. Um gives gives that to you um and then i like the the malice piece here especially with auto blasters um i think those two work really well together i just i probably would swap out that hate for some for a couple other upgrades um or swap out hate and juke and kind of go back to a different build i'm not sold on hate except for on um certain ships that can take the damage you really don't want your seven sister taking a lot of damage if you can help it yeah, I think I would probably look at outmaneuver Magpulse on Seventh Sister. Um, you can't I do might outmaneuver. Not... Oh, oh, if you, I'm sorry, if you drop Juke, yes. Yeah, and again, I'm not into the whoever made this list. I'm sure they've got a plan for it as well that I might not be seeing. But um, you know, I don't know if they're going to fly the ships together or not. If you're going to spread them out, um, I think that'd be pretty exciting uh, to look at. Um, I also wonder about uh, Ion Cannon on Fifth Brother. Yep, that is also a possibility. I I don't know. I like the I like the auto blasters with malice though, because mm -hmm. I like the the force piece where it forces you, especially if you're going to run them separately and not together. It forces you. Who are you going to go after? Fifth brother or seventh sister? Right? You know, like let's 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 do battle here. Because if you are going to go after fifth brother, then the auto blasters aren't as effective. But if you don't, guess what? I'm going to come right in behind you and you're going to have a very bad day, especially, especially with Malice. And it's this, I, the reason I, I hope Malice comes down in price a little bit. I, we got to move on, but you know, I, I, yep. I like the crit piece. That's, that's part of that. Right. And I think an objective play that it works really well. So, yeah. And just real quick, sometimes thinking about, even though I know his ability is, you know, you get to add a crit, which is super awesome, but, um, Sometimes I've had to look at ships and say, maybe I want to 
you know, use the ability when it happens, but I'm also like more important what the chassis and what the ship can do. So like for me, taking a fifth brother, like what about extreme maneuvers, marksman, auto blaster, which I know is going to, you have to spend a force to do extreme maneuvers. Um, so you're not going to be able to use his ability, but you can hard one, hard one again with auto blasters um, is pretty crazy. <laughs> So uh, you're still getting that, that marksman in there uh, or that, that crit in there. So sometimes I think with this new, the new X-Wing world that we're in, um, abilities are awesome that the pilot has, but also not always being stuck in that and saying, hey, let's, let's look for something else we can do. What if, what if we, the, the pilot ability was only some of the, of the formula and we can go beyond that with some other stuff? All right, this is sadly the only scum list that um, was given to me, but this list seems really good too. You have Cad Solus and Joy in Fang Fighters, Sarisu, um, which is extremely decked out, like the most fully loaded Sarisu I will ever I've ever seen. Um, Bosk in um, a Headhunter Z ninety five and Gamut Key in the Hawk. And Gamut Key has Hondo with Seismics. Um, Bosk has Fearless. Hull Upgrade Marksmanship, which again, you've never... That was a four-point ship that nobody usually ran a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, that now we're seeing. Sarisu with Elusive. Predator. Hull Upgrade. Chill Upgrade. <laughs> and a Tractor Beam. So that is what a... Six health? Seven health? That's seven health now? Six. Six health. Yep. Six, six total health. A ship which is crazy for an interceptor. That that interceptor is probably not going to die very often. So, um, I will say this is a really cool list. Again, uh, this is something I would I would experiment with because <laughs> um, I was already looking at gamma gamma key. Uh, just being able to hold those actions, which I think you know we talked about that earlier of of how important it is to. Um, if you're going to grab an objective to still have a token. Uh, and I was looking at uh, Kashka Frost with Ahsoka Tano and Veteran Tail Gunner because that fits for 11 points of, of loadout points, which I think is really cool. But um, always thinking about how do you get more bodies out there because I think that is valuable. Uh, Love Joy, uh, a friend of mine ran Sarasu at Crossroads Classic and just wrecked people with it. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of CAD, uh, being able to do that red maneuver and grab double focuses. So um, very cool list. Uh, somebody's uh, really put together something very cool with this. So love it. Yep. And I think this list does not excel at any of the objectives, but I think does fairly decent at all four of them. I mm -hmm. think because of how balanced it is, this list can do what it needs to do um for the majority of those scenarios so yeah i love right. it great job resistance we have neonub with pattern analyzer because why not because neonub should just be written off and never be a thing uh daredevil overdrive thrusters and zz with enduring heroic advanced optics ion missiles and a hull upgrade uh tally with starboard slash Predator, Plasmas, Heroic, and Chaos, the best pilot 
on the universe with R4, Dead Man Switch, Advanced Slam, Targeting Computer, and Fiza Kaz's Fire. Nice. <clears throat> so I think this also feels like a pretty decently well-rounded list. I think Kaz is your beginning game piece and for every scenario, no matter which one it is, because uh, Kaz is, again, the issue with Kaz is it's two die, but once you, once you, if, if for the objectives, you have to be near scenarios with advanced slam. I mean, you could just run from one side to the other side of the board and get an objective point, right? You know, like, um, advanced slam requires you to have it on your action bar. Um, so I don't believe you could do advanced slam for objective. Actions. Oh, no, that sucks. Okay. Yep, you're right. It does say on your action bar. Never mind. Well, that was a good thought. <laughs> that sucks. Um, but either way, Kaz is a powerhouse. You have two A-wings, yeah. and you have Neonum, Neon, Neonum shenanigans, which I don't agree with, but you have Neonum shenanigans. So so just throwing out a couple of things. It, I like the list a lot. Um, personally, I would pull off Dead Man Switch and put Heroic on Kaz. Um, one, I like to have Heroic on as much as I can with Resistance, but especially in a, in a tournament. Um, so I think I think that would be really strong to keep those uh, those hits off of there as much as possible. Um, <coughs> and then um, the other thing uh, I personally love, and I'm sure people have they've explored it, but uh, for me, ZZ, this is almost my exact build, except for I run cluster missiles, so I wouldn't have enduring. Um, having ZZ twice a turn act as two ships. Uh, on the board is unbelievable. Uh, if you can pull that off, which I usually do, um, it is just a game changer when you come in there with uh, being able to wreck people with that. And then the optics is nice because on the second shot, you get that focus token if you spent your target lock already. Um, so really, really good. Um, another trick just to try out with this one uh, is uh, Commander Poe is pretty cool. I've used him quite a bit in that he can give ZZ an extra action. So she can come into user cluster missiles with target lock focus, double modded first shot, second shot. She, uh, if she doesn't spend her focus, because she has optics, she can change a blank and an eyeball to um, hits. So it's it's like just a massive amount of firepower that's heavily modded if she wants to uh, with Commander Poe. So um, just something to try out. Uh, but really cool list. Um, it has that mobility that I talked about, uh, the butt shots, which are great, um, and lots of uh, – it's got good offense as well. So very strong. Uh, the next list, and I don't remember if this came from you – I don't have any upgrades. I don't know what happened to all my upgrades on this list, though. So, essentially, I had Temin, uh, Wexley, Jop, Karakun, and Lieutenant Bastion. And I'll be honest, I have no idea what upgrades I had originally on here because <laughs> they're all gone. So, um, hmm. but the idea was is to create a, a essentially like a four X wing list, um, in resistance, mm -hmm. which, uh, in fairness, had been pretty good. Um, three X wings and ZZ is great, or four X wings is really good too. Um, 
So we can talk about it or we can just move on because that's my bad. I, I don't All know right. what happened to my stuff. So 4X is always good for 270s. So, um, yep. I do think they lose a little bit of power in some of the scenarios because you're down to the four bodies. Um, and you do have some restrictions because you can't double reposition as easy. Um, I do think there's a little bit of downside to them, but not as much. I don't know. I think we'll have to test them. So, all right. Moving into FO. We have Von Reg with Pattern Analyzer, Daredevil 2, Hall Upgrade, or well, Shield Hall Upgrade, Marksmanship. Uh, the fattest Lieutenant uh, Hughes I've ever seen with DT7986, Barrage Rockets, Fanatical, Munitions Failsafe, and Pattern Analyzer. Malaris with Clusters and Blackout with Lone Wolf, Pattern Analyzer, and Sensor Scramblers. I would 100% right here add the configuration though for sensitive control on blackout especially if he's your only ship for it see i'm not a fan of it so i wouldn't but uh <laughs> um i totally understand why uh i just I, I i like to be able to move and think about where i want to be um so um, this list almost identical. I have in my tabs <coughs> right now. Um, the only changes I had was I think I moved pattern off of Von Reg and went to Magpulse um, for the reasons I talked about earlier. Um, the Hughes, I took pattern off and put shield upgrade just to kind of keep him around longer because he is only two agility. And um, I was debating whether this Malaris <coughs> or running Ion Missile, Marksman, and Fanatical uh, on Malaris. Um, but 100%, very cool list. One, you know, I6 plus three I5s. Um, I, Chris, the last game we played, I had this Lehue's. This is the Lehue's. I mean, the, the first three ships here were what I flew against you, except for I, I took out Blackout for two, uh, two I-4 um, ships. Yep. So, Which is this right here. Yep. Actually, it was an I, yeah, I-4 and uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's great. The only thing, the reason I took out Pattern Analyzer is uh, LeHughes can shoot the barrage rockets out of his butt. Um, and so I didn't ever have a need to be able to flip around like that. Um, just because the SF has a pretty good dial as well. So, uh, that was my, my take on it, but, um, I definitely understand the wanting to, so. 28 point list. It's just the different options that you have with this list. Oh, the one I put. Yeah. The one I posted. Yeah. Yeah, it was so my thing in this that you know talking about it was um, the list was looking at it saying what you know I was looking for the chat and for you to to kind of give some thoughts because there was a couple ways to go with this. Um, you could choose blackout or von reg in this list, and then obviously drop out Revis. So it was kind of like this: these are my ships that I was looking at, and I'm either going with. Um, you know, I could go with both I6s and drop out LeHughes. Uh, and I think then I have to put Revis in instead of 
either scorch or static. So um, it was just, just showing this is kind of how I build lists uh, for these objectives is wanting five ships. I want two, you know, heavy aces that are high initiative. In this case, if you want, you can go, everything is I4 and above except for Revis, uh, which is pretty fantastic. So um, this is kind of what I do. And then I'll uh, <laughs> set up the, the point configurator and just kind of pick out which ships I want to do and, and where do I want to go with it. So, um, and <clears throat> I didn't know what chap thought, if anyone out there has experience playing these uh, between Von Reg, Blackout, and LaHue's, this decked out LaHue's. In fact, this one actually has pattern. Um, this is a later build of mine, but uh, I think I more recently went to shield upgrade because of that. Um, and didn't know what people, if anybody had any thoughts of, they've flown these, uh, had any experiences with with, uh, with the FO. So I'm just starting to get back in them with in, into them with uh, the new objectives, so. All right. <clears throat> Personally, I like um, Blackout better than Von Reg, but that's just because he doesn't die as mm -hmm. easily. But in the reality of things, I think in that list, Von Reg does better um, than Blackout will do as an ace. And I think that's... Or, I don't know. See, I don't ever run Lone Wolf on Blackout. I always run Trick Shot. But that's just yeah. me. Um, but that's... That's because I would run if it were me, I would run the sensitive controls personally. And like I don't like optics on them personally either. Like, but I, I, I don't like optics on anything that uh, I take my focus as my action and then you know I spend it for one hit per se. Um typically I find that I spend that on defense more often <laughs> with these guys. Um sure. but I do like the I, I, I do think that I would put the sensitive controls in only what it does is like I like to fly into the rocks and then be able to barrel roll and fly around the other side depending on which way they decide to come in so if they do have a higher initiative than blackout I have that ability to get around them sure um, yeah I have to try it sometime and to Des your point on the chat um, that was one thing I know it's weird to put afterburners on Von Reg when he has boost but I don't know how many times you kind of get in that weird spot with Von Reg where you want to be able to boost and still do his action. So um, I was trying to get around that. And the same thing, uh, I've actually run LaHue's. Um, I've run LaHue's with uh, af with um, Afterburners as well. So LaHue's had Fanatical, Bar Barrage Rockets, DT-798, and Afterburners. Uh so it's pretty awesome because he just takes a focus, cranks his way in there with afterburners, um, and uh, it's it's really a solid, fun build uh, to give the SF a little bit more boosty uh, actions as well. So, um, yeah, very, very strong. So I think at this point what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and stop for the night. I think okay. because I think the problem is is there I have enough – we have enough. We, we if we go back to Republic, the problem I had is I could not find enough Republic lists that I wanted to go through. But I think there's too many, and I think that's kind of the big problem. And then when we get into CIS, I have a little bit more of a a distaste per se into what I'm able to run versus what the rest of the field is. Um, but I guess we'll see because one of the CIS lists that I was running was um, what with 
naked drones, right? You know, and I had fairly decent success with that when I ran them without discords and just ran eight bodies. Um, and you can fit them. They just can't all be I3s. So, and you don't get Solus 1. That's the downside to Watt. He doesn't get his Solus 1, which is sad. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think we could spend another 20 minutes on the on those last two factions. I think Republic's a bigger faction. And I think, really, Republic almost de- des- deserves its own half-hour <laughs> segment, per se. Just because they split up the Aether Sprites, and now you have... You you quadruple the options, right? Because I can run Aether Sprites with CLT and Aether Sprites with the Delta 7B, right? Or Delta 7B Aether Sprites in the same list. And get and, and there's so many combos with those. I don't know. There's there's a lot that's going into Republic that um and I feel like they're making Republic the next rebel list per se. Not quite yeah. as much token sharing, but close. Yeah, Dez's list is looks really good. Uh, I've got a couple lists that are similar. You just kind of swap this out for this out, but they always have Barris. They always have Plo. Um, it's there, there's some ships you just it's, it just feels like it's the staple of, uh, and then kind of fill in with two ships. You kind of pick two ships that kind of mix in there and say which one fl- fits your your play style. Um, I mean, it could even be a lot, right? So. Um, so great options out there because, uh, yeah, in that list that Des uh, posted, you could switch out Obi-Wan for a lat um, and uh, have, you know, that kind of support if you want to. Um, but having all aces is really great too. Uh, I would probably go down to Contrail instead of Click, but um, I know Click can be pretty awesome. Um so I think especially with that R3, which I think mm-hmm. when you and I played, that was what was missing in some of my lists is I was putting the R2 or yeah, the R4s on them to reduce their stresses. And in reality, stop try I I didn't need to make them more maneuverable. I needed to make it so that he had double double locks. Sure. Um anyway, so there you go. Does does his list on screen. Um any last thoughts on objectives and uh, on list building before we wrap it up for the night? I think the only thing I would say is, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get some points updates here and, and get some up, you know, clarifications and some tweaks and changes to stuff. But um, just my big thing is just encouraging people just to keep playing and keep trying, seeing if, if uh, what we thought in our heads is maybe not what's actually happening on a table once you play enough. Um, and kind of unlearning what you've already learned, uh, type stuff. And, um, you know, and, and even if things are going to change, I think there's a lot to just figuring out how to gauge distance and some things like that. Like, you know, Hey, if I do a five boost with a, you know, five speed with a turn, uh, turn, uh, art boost at the end, will I get that objective? The, we know objectives aren't going away. Uh, as a whole, and that's going to be a part of X-Wing as we move forward. So anytime you can kind of look at, hey, this is some early, we're kind of like a group test right now uh, for how things are going to get changed. But knowing uh, how to fly, how to fly around asteroids, how to get to objectives, when to kind of plan, uh, you know, how you're going to go in there and, and do that and not get killed. 
um, those skills are going to uh, last throughout, you know, this 2.5 and beyond. Um, and so I would just say, I, I, I know a lot of us have ideas in our heads, but just try and keep your, your minds open and, and keep looking for new solutions um, that maybe weren't there before just because so much has changed. And I think one of the things we'll start talking about next week is obstacle placement and um, objective placement, because I think they've changed how we yes. manage to think about things. And I think really that's a good topic to touch um, touch on, especially with Republic. Yeah, yeah uh, Deslin, I can't use stealth device in, in, <laughs> in standard. Um, I don't know. So I think on an overall... For me, objectives have been a positive change because it's creating new ways to force me to think. I will tell you, I believe the learning curve. I don't care what anybody says. The learning curve is still there. So as when I came in as a new player, there was a learning curve on how do you dogfight? How do you block? You know, how do you do all these things? Hence why I learned how to play swarms was for the pure fact of the fact that I was getting blocked even by six, five to six ships list, which I don't consider a swarm at all. Um, and I was getting blocked and having big issues, you know, as a newer player. So <clears throat> I learned how to play these other swarmy style lists on a, on purpose. I will tell you going in for the block right now is almost worthless on anything that's higher initiative because they still get a range zero shot. And if they have force, they can mod their shot. Um, and I mean, I believe that Mr. Von Reg took one of my ships um, down to one health in one turn with a range zero shot, no knotted dice, just, it's just dice variants, which happen, right? You know, it, it does happen, but you take a four health ship down to three health in one shot because, you know, Von Reg, you, you blocked Von Reg, he got no actions, but oh, by the way, <laughs> he still can shoot you now. Yep. So we have to look at how blocking was. And that's where I spent a lot of my time is I could block really well and deny actions and then rely on the the facts of my other ships getting something out of that. This new meta is not going to be that, I don't think. I don't think blocking is where we need to go with it. Um, but who knows? I could be wrong. Either which way, thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you, Corey, for stepping in and uh, being JJ and Charles in one. Thanks um, for having me. It was fun. Uh, if you would like more information about our Grand Rapids group, let us know. You can, um, like I said, if you, if you live in the Grand Rapids area and want to join us on Monday nights, we are happy to um, have anybody. Uh, I found out there's a Muskegon group that meets on Thursday nights as well. So I'm probably going to go up there in April and see if we can recruit some of them to come down to Grand Rapids as well um, to grow our group even more. With that being said, we will be back Wednesday night with our community streams. You're welcome to join us. If you would like to sign up, message uh, JJ or I in the Discord, and we will get you signed up for Wednesday. Otherwise, you're just going to see me lose to everybody on stream, and <laughs> I don't know how much fun that is. So thank you all. We'll be back next week.